Good morning. Welcome again to Morning Devotions. I'm Pastor Samal, the pastor of the Cathedral of Praise. For this, the rest of this week, I'm going to read Psalms 91, and then next week, Lord willing, we'll get back into the kids. Psalms 91, beginning with verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Sometimes I think we get so frustrated with our lockdown here because we've had so few deaths. And thank God. Uh, as of this morning, I checked 1,200 deaths nationwide from COVID since this began the middle of March. Brazil, they started the middle of April. They topped 60,000. Now, I'm not in any way comparing and saying that we're better than them. Please do not misunderstand me. But sometimes, you know, they, they decided not to do anything at first and no lockdown. Our government took a very harsh position and we chafed under it. But look at how few deaths we've had. The pestilence is deadly, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't fool yourselves. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness. <laughs> oh, God is abounding in faithfulness. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Now, I started talking to you from the beginning about this. There's a spiritual element of this pestilence. And you and I, we have our whole focus on COVID-19. And please forgive me. You need to broaden your focus. The pestilence is the symptom. The environment is darkness. This is a season when darkness reigns. This is the day of evil, as Paul would say. There, is, there are things happening in the world spiritually right now. And you need to understand that. And your prayer needs to be far bigger than just this virus. Nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you, uh, God's promise. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, in him we live and move and have our being. The Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed, did you hear that? Allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Why? For or because he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him. Because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, show your people your salvation. Oh, Father, show them your sozo. Show them your salvation body, soul, and spirit. Let your healing flow into the bodies of your sons and daughters today, Lord. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus, let healing flow. Let sickness and disease be broken off of their bodies. Let the life of God flow into them in Jesus' name. Let your gracious hand rest upon all of us today, Lord. As our frontliners go out, as our medical people walk back into those, those hospitals, Father, let your strong right hand be upon your sons and daughters. Let the angels guard them in all their ways. Let your promises, let the faithfulness of your promises be seen in our lives. Glorify yourself, Father. In these days, let people see the distinction. In these days, Father, in these days, let people see the distinction and glorify your name. I thank you for it. Father, many of our businessmen, many of our small businessmen are beginning to think that they're nearing the end of what, what can be done. But Father, let them see that it's just a crossroads into something greater. They're not reaching the end of the road. They're reaching a crossroads into something better than they've ever dreamed of in their whole lives. Oh, Father, lift up their eyes to see all that you have ahead for them. Father, I pray the harvest of our nation is so plentiful. Father, raise up a generation of laborers. We don't need any more pastorpreneurs. We need laborers. We don't need any more influencers. We need laborers. We don't need any more networkers, Lord. We need laborers. Oh, Father, we ask you for laborers to go into the harvest field, for men and women that will walk away from everything, just like the apostles, that will sacrifice everything just to go and to serve you and to serve your people and raise up churches across our nation. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, in your grace and in your mercy, let the call come into the hearts of people. Let your call come into the Peters of this generation. Let your call come into the young professionals, Father. Let your call come into the business owners. Let your call come into the hearts of the young people. Oh, Father, we cry out for laborers. We cry out for laborers to go into the harvest field, Father. See a harvest of our Filipino people. Oh, Father, we ask you for the greatest harvest and the greatest birthing of churches that we've ever seen in our lives. Oh, Father, but it has to start with the call. We can't call them, Father. We can't manipulate them. We can't put guilt trips on them. We can't, we can't make promises to them that we can't fulfill. We can't promise them a good life. But, Father, you can guide them, and you can lead them. Father, when we follow this call, we went with no promises. And you've always cared for us. Let them see that you will walk with them, that they have no fear of the future, that you will walk with them. And yes, Lord, sometimes you show us what great things we must suffer, but you also show us the great things that we will enjoy. Speak to hearts, Father. O oh, Lord of the harvest, speak to hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up our hearts and spend some time in prayer.
With general quarantine continuing here in Manila and enhanced quarantine back out in Cebu, uh, we've interrupted our uh, Corinthians review, getting ready for the reopening of services that we thought was going to be this weekend. And instead, I'm doing everything live every night again. So Sister Bev and I will be here again. If you missed last night, you need to get back on Facebook and listen to it or back on YouTube and listen to it. I began to teach you last night how to quieten your soul. And I'm going to finish that up tonight, maybe finish that up tonight. And then the next few nights, I'm going to be talking to you about finding your strength in God. And then next week, I'll be talking to you about overcoming discouragement and dealing with troubles in life. And these are important subjects in a time like this. 
because my role is to keep you encouraged, but most of all, my role is to keep you pointed to God. So nightly services continue. We'll be doing them live, sitting down with you every night live. We'll get back into 1 Corinthians as we see that there is a, a fixed date for opening, all right? Uh, also, we're back into our drive-in services again this week, Saturday morning, 7.30, Sunday morning, 7.30, Sunday morning at 9.30. When those are full, we'll add more, uh, but they're not completely full yet. So let's let's fill those up before we add more because it does get hot out there, okay? So if you'd like to be a part of that, please contact your district pastor or your campus pastor. They'll reserve a slot for you because we only have about 200 slots, all right? All you have to do is drive in, tune your FM radio station, you don't roll down your windows or anything. You sit there with your air conditioning on. We run a shorter service, about an hour. Well, we try for an hour. Sometimes we go to an hour and ten. Last weekend, I got a little going longer and enjoying myself preaching. It's just so much fun to teach you the Bible. So I apologize, sort of, for going a little too long last weekend. But remember, you can't get out of your cars, all right? Uh, Saturday will be a semi-permanent, and so some of you just start settling into that. Okay, it's, if you've got seniors, you've got people with medical conditions, they, they can't be around large crowds of people. We've got that Saturday drive-in service. That'll be kind of a semi-permanent thing. I'll be out there, rain or shine. If it's raining, don't worry. I'll still be there. I don't melt. We'll have a wonderful time in Jesus together. Amen. All right. We've got a great testimony for you now. Hello, young people. My name is Michael Luna, and I am a former Jesus Factor team member. And I am here to share to you God's faithfulness, not just to me, but also to my family. So, to start off, ayan, my mother still receives her salary full ayan, with no deduction. And then second, my brother was able to leave for Canada right before the lockdown um, began. So, when he got to Canada, yung restaurant na he's, suppo he's supposed to work at, as a chef, nag-close then because of the pandemic. But by God's faithfulness, by God's grace, he found a fellow Filipino and they became business partners and they started a small business. They, they are cooking and delivering Filipino food to the Filipino community. Praise God kasi sobrang lakas ng business nila. Hindi sila nazi-zero. Lagi silang um, may orders and talagang um, binabalik-balikan sila ng mga nag-order sa kanila. And then, next is naman yung sister ko, who is also pregnant. Um, sakto nung nag-start yung pandemic, she landed on an online job. So, sobrang sakto. And another thing, praise God, kasi few months back, nagkasakit ako, and I received my healing from God. I am so thankful to God that He has restored me back to good health. I can say that I am even healthier now. Um, with all this, talagang this proves now in whatever situation we are in, whatever is happening around us, God is still faithful. God is still in control. Now, whatever we are praying for, now whatever worries we have, whether it be provision, opportunities, or yung um, health natin mismo. Um, God is faithful. God is true with His promises that He will provide. He will open doors for us and He will truly heal us. And that also His people will never lack anything. So why worry? <laughs> awesome. 
And oh my goodness, when they show pictures this time of the morning, it makes you hungry for, as the hobbits would say, second breakfast. All right, I want to remind you of one more thing before we get into the New Testament today. Uh, there are many of our individual barangays that are going through extreme lockdowns, especially this Saturday and this Sunday. Now, none of our campuses are involved in those areas, but we are close by some of those areas, like Paco, Pandacan. Uh, some of these areas will be going into extreme lockdowns. Nobody's allowed to leave their house. Now, here's my suggestion for you. We will keep the... Um, Fortress 91 going all this week, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., so please come by any day. But Friday night, before you, when you get off work, we're going to keep it open at all the campuses until 8.30 p.m., so you'll still beat curfew. But what we'd encourage you to do is stop by on Friday night before you go into the lockdown areas, especially those of you that live in Paco, Pandacan, Tondo, some of those areas, stop by one of the campuses on the way home have communion, have a time of worship and prayer together, and just don't let your heart get discouraged. God's with you. Now, this morning we're going to try something very different. We're, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. We actually taped this yesterday because we have to have more equipment than I have in the house. We have to have all the uh, heavy equipment from the, the main office on tapped. But we tried something, so tell me what you think of it. You can send us the messages this morning inside Facebook or Messenger or whatever. Send us messages, what you think. But we're trying something different, a little new look. And we're just going to do it for the New Testament, and then I'll be back to read the Old Testament to you in just a minute. Well, we're going to try something a little different with the New Testament reading. The Old Testament reading, I'm going to do the same way in just a few moments. But we're going to try and do some writing and some talking at the same time. And please let me know what you think. Some of you just want to sit back and close your eyes and listen. Some of you would like to see things highlighted on the screen. So we'll, we'll try both here, all right? So Acts chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth. So remember yesterday, Apollos had stayed at Corinth. Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Now again, this is a return. So I make a little note off here to the side. He has returned to Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. Now it's important that we notice the, the source. So we want to ask the question, source of disciples. In other words, what was their spiritual heritage? And he said to them, now this is Paul starts the question, what is your spiritual heritage? He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, in the then to what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to think back to our reading yesterday. And I want you to remember that Aquila and Priscilla, when they sat down with Apollos, who had come up from Alexandria, they, they had the same conversation with him. So you wonder if the source of this disciples is from a second stream of the way. Now, what do I mean by second stream? You have a primary stream that has been going out into the world through the Apostle Paul into the Gentile world. But there seems to be a second stream of people who had believed in Jesus, who had believed in what God had done, and had, that had primarily gone through the Jewish community 
uh, and they were known as the Way, and it had gone down to Alexandria, Egypt, and come back up. So we may have a second stream of Christianity. And Paul said, now listen, we all need to get on the same boat here because there's a, a difference in Revelation. He said, so into what baptism were you baptized? John's baptism, okay? John pointed people to the Messiah. Now, upon hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So notice, now we have a Ephesus Pentecost. Now again, maybe these men had been led to Christ through the ministry of Apollos before Aquila and Priscilla had got there. But they had no concept of the Holy Spirit. Paul prayed for them. They got baptized in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit came on them. And again, they began speaking in other tongues and prophesying. So we have to deal with the fact that Pentecost is still occurring. People are still receiving the Holy Spirit. The Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, just like we do today, just like they did on the day of Pentecost, just like they did in uh, Caesarea, in Cornelius' household. So the initial physical evidence, the initial physical evidence, same. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Now remember, these are the same people who wanted him to come, wanted him to stay previously when he was on his way back to Syria. They wanted him to stay. He said, if it's God's will, I'll come back. So he did come back and he spent three months with these people who had requested him to come back. Now this is important. But when some stubborn became stubborn, so they weren't stubborn, but they became stubborn, and they continued, big word, in unbelief. So they became something, and they continued in something. <laughs> now, stubbornness is something that people make a decision about. Unbelief is something that they continue in. Speaking evil of the way. Now remember, this term of the way this is what Jews called Christians. Now, we call ourselves Christians today because of Antioch. They were first called Christians in Antioch. This was the Gentile term for us as Christians. Christian, like Christ. They are called the way coming from the Jewish concept. Jesus is the way. Jesus was the uh, curtain that was torn in two. Jesus gave access to the Father. Now notice, they spoke evil of the way. They spoke evil of this salvation by faith through Jesus. They spoke evil of the way before the congregation. So they, they weren't private about this. They, they were very public and criticized in, and speaking evil of salvation by faith. So he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the lecture hall of Tyrrhenia. So we have daily services, and how to respond to rejection. He just said, fine, you're going to reject this. He withdrew. There's no point in standing there fighting. There's no point in standing there arguing. When people reject the message, they reject Christ, you withdraw. 
Take the disciples with you. Take those who chose to believe and reason daily in the lecture hall of Tenerius. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia, and the key word here is all, heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So we have saturation. Now that to me is beautiful. Total saturation. This, this is what happens when the word of God begins to go forth. This is the fruit of revival, is saturation. Saturation of the message. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, that, that's a, a beautiful truth. They, they weren't just having miracles. They were extraordinary miracles. So this also is a key to revival. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them. So there is a, an anointing transferred to cloth. Now, I'm not sure you can command this to happen all of the time. I pray for cloths that people bring to me. But I'm not sure you can command this all the time. In a season of extraordinary miracles, that is when the so that took place. All right. So again, your so that's are very important. And again, it wasn't just for, for healings. It was for demons coming out. I mean, can you imagine? Paul would, would, they would take a cloth that had touched his skin and lay it on someone who had a demon and the demon would come out. It's amazing. Then, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. So there were Jews who went around exorcising demons. Some itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So, all right. These people are using the name of Jesus. They want to use the name with no relationship. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this. Now, a Jewish high priest? I put a question mark next to that. A Jewish high priest. There were guys who just went around and called themselves a high priest. Wow. But the evil spirits answered them. So demons talk. I say demons talk back. Jesus, I know. Yeah, you better believe you know him. He took away your weapons at the cross. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? <laughs> See, only when you are clothed in Christ can demons recognize who you are. They had, you're nobody. You're, you're nothing. You, you have no right to use the name. See, when we, when we come into Christ, the whole spirit world sees us differently. That spiritual position of being in Christ causes the whole spirit realm to see us differently. But the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So one demon-possessed man beats seven men up. So we need to understand demons increase strength. This became known. What's this? The fact that you can't use the name of Jesus without knowing Jesus. 
Okay, this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of Jesus was extolled. So again, the this became known. This name requires relationship. This became known, and the name of Jesus was extolled. And many of those who were believers now came. Many of those who were believers now came, confessing and divulging their evil practices. So you had salvation without sanctification. And a number of those who practiced magic arts, a number of who? These are Christians. Christians who were practicing magic arts. City of Ephesus, this was a place of demonic witchcraft. And they brought their books together and burned them in the sight of them all. And they counted the value of them, and it came to 50,000 drachmas of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. How? What caused the word of God to prevail and increase? Sanctification. Salvation with sanctification. When Christians clean up their act and live right, the power of the word increases. Now, you've you just got to get a hold of that because we live in a world today where people really understand the grace of God, but they don't think they have to live right. I mean, I have people who have looked at me in the face and said, it is irrelevant that I have multiple sexual relationships and multiple, multiple women that I have sex with because I'm saved and that's all that matters. The grace of God is, is, is my sin just makes the grace of God greater and it doesn't matter how I live. Well, those people have distorted Paul's message of grace. Grace brings us salvation, but we also need to work on sanctification. When these guys who were saved, they were disciples, when they started living right, boom, you see great revival. Now, after these events, Paul resolved in the Spirit. This was something he and the Holy Ghost were going to do this. Resolved in the Spirit to pass through Macedonia. This is the poorest province of Asia. Acacia, this is one of the wealthiest areas of Asia. Now again, Paul at this point is down over here in Ephesus. He's going to cross the Aegean Sea, go back through Macedonia, come down through Athens, which is in Achaia, Achaia province, come back down to Corinth, and then he said, I'm going to go through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent to Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Aristus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. So he stays there among the seven churches. The seven churches of Asia that he has given birth to in this great Ephesus revival. He stays there for a while, but he has Timothy and Aristus go back to Macedonia and begin to prepare for his trip. All right, now let's go back to worship again, but please would you send me a message today? How do you like the idea of doing this, writing and talking at the same time? I'm already getting messages from some of you. Dr. Ronalis was the first one in. All right, so tell me what you think. If you'd like us to continue working on this, we can work on this in a new direction. Just throw a new look at it, but just talk to us. What would be best for you? That, that's all Sister Bev and I care about. What would be best for you? What would help you the most? Okay, we've got 
no agenda in this. It's just what would help you the most. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
All right, let's pick up in the Old Testament passage now in First Chronicles chapter 16. You say, Pastor, you didn't wear your glasses when you were doing the, the one with the writing. No, it's on a big, giant uh, Microsoft Surface Studio screen, and I can make the print as big as I want. You know, it's amazing. The older you get, the smaller they seem to print things. All right, First Chronicles 16, beginning with verse 1. And they brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. Now, notice that there's, there's no place to put the ark, okay? Uh, we don't have the, um, the altar of incense. We don't have the table of showbread. We, we don't have the uh, altar of sacrifice. We just have the ark all by itself. And, and this is something we often forget here, and we're going to see that something has occurred in this 60 years, all right? They set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord and distributed to all Israel, both men and women, to each a loaf of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. Then he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord. I like that. Ministers before the ark of the Lord. That's where the presence was to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph, remember how many of the Psalms he was a part of? Asaph was the chief, and second to him were Zechariah, Jael, Shemaramoth, Jehiel, Mathathiah, Eleb, Benaiah, Obed-Edom. Notice Obed-Edom, remember his name from where the ark had been stored? Obed-Edom, and Jael, who played the harps, lyres. Asaph was to sound the cymbals, and Benaiah, and Jezel, the priests, were to blow the trumpets regularly before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Then on that day, David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asaph and his brothers. <laughs> it was on this day the first men's choir was put together. Now, here's David's song. This is a song that David wrote. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of his wonders, all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Now notice, when you're seeking God, let us rejoice. When you seek God, in his presence there's fullness of joy. You don't come to a throne of sadness and despair. Oh, oh, my goodness, no. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Now, here's a great truth. Seek his presence continually. The presence was a lifestyle for David. He wrote this song. This comes out of his heart. Seeking the presence of God was David's lifestyle. There was a really good book I found, a little, little tiny book. You can download it for free as a PDF file today. It was a... A little book written by an old monk named Brother Lawrence. This is hundreds of years ago. And it's called Practicing the Presence of God. It was one of those little books that really helped formulate my prayer life in the early days, that wherever I was, whatever I was doing, my heart could reach out to him. It's a free PDF today. Just look up uh, Practicing the Presence of God and look up the last name Lawrence. All right. Uh, I think he was a monk and something in, in a monastery or something hundreds of years ago. And it's a very nice little book. But for David, the lifestyle was a presence. The, 
The lifestyle was the presence of God, and the presence was the lifestyle, all right? Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgment he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servants, sons of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham. He swore promise, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed as a statute to Jacob, as an everlasting covenant to Israel, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number and of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from one nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings in their accounts, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Now, that is maybe one of the most abused verses that there is today. Now, you know what? Yes, you should do God's prophets no harm. You, you should not ever lift your hand and lift your voice against men and women of God. But notice the first phrase, touch not my anointed ones. That's the whole nation. All of God's people are anointed. <laughs> this is protection over the people of God. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation day by day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And he is to be held in awe above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. <laughs> he said, God's real. God's the creator. All these other demon gods, they're just... They're just they're just nothing, but God's the creator. You wonder where Paul, when he stood in, remember we read just yesterday, he stood there in Athens and he said, listen, you know, I'll, let me tell you about the creator. You wonder where he gets the idea. He said, listen, when you stand before people and their idols, remember, God's the creator. So Paul is, all of this teaching that Paul has learned all of his life just, just flows out of his heart. But just back up a, another minute and look at that one word, awe. There is awe before God. Now, I'm not sure what, what's beeping. It's not, it's not any of my phones. Everybody say, welcome to live TV. Okay. Everybody say, awe. Let's hope that stops. That's not any of my devices, and it's not a sound. Let me go find it. Be right back. Welcome to live. That was somebody ringing my doorbell. <laughs> okay, let's get back to awe now that I'm thoroughly embarrassed. All right, let's find the verse. 
For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be held in awe. One of the great things that is lacking in the world today, in the body of Christ today, is awe. People standing in awe of God. Now, you just need to meditate on that one for a bit. Now, let's come on down to verse 29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering. Bring an offering and come before him. Now, everybody gets mad at me when I talk like this. But have you ever noticed all during this lockdown, I have not told you to, oh, the church needs money. Oh, send your money. Oh, do your online giving. Have you ever noticed we didn't do that? Now, I don't, it's not my responsibility what anybody else does. But I've always taught you that the tithe and the offering is not paying the bill that you owe God. It is not paying a, it is not paying a bill that you owe the church. So let's get online and let's, you know, get out GCash here and let's pay our bill. It's not the church is not morality. Sowing seed and returning to the Lord his tithe is not about paying a bill or supporting the church. It's worship. It is an act of worship. So he said in his song, he said, Now listen, ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. An offering is an act of worship. A tithe is an act of worship. We bring it and come before him. Ah, you'll get it. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. I like that. The world is established. It's set in a firm place. It shall never be moved. I do not fear a meteor wiping out the earth. I do not fear uh, a cataclysmic uh, volcano blowing up and killing all mankind. The earth is established. It's, it's firm. It shall never be moved. I like that. There's a lot of things people live in fear of that are just irrational. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the, earth, let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. So David left Asaph and his brothers there before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister regularly before the Ark, as each day required. So they ministered there in the presence of God. Now notice, they were ministering to God. There was no people present. They were just standing there before God, singing and worshiping and playing their instruments. I think it's beautiful. And also Obed-Edom and his 68 brothers. Well, Obed-Edom, the son of Jethuam and Hosiah, were to be gatekeepers, and he left Zadok the priest and his brothers and priests before the tabernacle of the Lord in the high place that was at Gibeon. Ah, so the main altar and the tabernacle were at Gibeon. To offer burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of burnt offering regularly morning and evening. To 
to do all that was written in the law of the Lord that he commanded Israel. So I want you to notice something. After the capture of Shiloh, and the ark went down into the Philistine territory, and the whole story with the temple of Dagon and all of that, until David brings the ark back now into Jerusalem 60 years later. The ark had been stuck in storage. Now, the altar was still there. The, the tabernacle of the wilderness was still being used, but instead of at Shiloh, it was now at Gibeon. And they were separated. And even now, the ark and the main altar of burnt offerings is separated. Now, it, it's amazing to me how neglect separates prescribed styles of worship. Let me say that again. It is amazing to me how neglect separates how worship is to be done. And we get used to not having something that is a part of worship. But now that's a whole sermon in itself. With them were Heman and Jephuthun and the rest of those chosen and expressly named to give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And Heman and Jehuthun and the trumpets and the cymbals for the music and instruments for sacred song. Now notice, the instruments were never to be used for um, Lady Gaga. The instruments were to be used for sacred songs. When instruments have been dedicated for God, they should only be used for sacred songs. Now, I'm really weird about that, okay? A guitar, when it has been dedicated for God should be used for sacred songs. A set of drums, when it's dedicated for God, should be used for sacred songs. These things are committed to God. The sons of Dutum were appointed to the gate. Then all the people departed, each to his house, and David went home to bless his household. Chapter 17, verse 1. Now when David lived in his house, David said to Nathan the prophet, Behold, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is under a tent. David cared about the presence. David cared about the things of God. And Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Now notice, Nathan spoke without prayer. The word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David. Now, just park the bus there. Go and tell my servant David. David. This is how God saw David, my servant. Now, brothers and sisters, that speaks volumes. Remember, I keep telling you David knew he was the prince and God was the king. David remembered his place under the authority of God. And, and God recognizes that. He said, go tell my servant. I can think of nothing more precious in the universe for God to call me my servant. I like that. Thus says the Lord, it is not for it is not you who will build a house me a house to dwell in. For I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up Israel to this day. But I have gone from tent to tent and from dwelling to dwelling. In all the places where I have moved with Israel, did I speak a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, do you remember Months ago, we read that to the place I have chosen, God said, I will choose a place and there, that's, that's the permanent place. But God had never chosen that yet. He said, I've never said anything. Why have you not built me a house of cedar? 
Now, therefore, thus says, thus you shall say to my servant, David. There's that phrase again. I like that. My servant, David. Thus says the Lord of hosts. I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince. Now, there's prince again. Not king. I chose you to be prince. I'm the king. You're the prince. I chose you to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have, you have and cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a name like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I will plant them. I like that. God said, my people need a place and they need to be planted there. You wonder why I'm so strong about building church buildings? Because we need a place and a place where we can be planted. And they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall waste them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will subdue all your enemies. Moreover, I will declare to you that the Lord will build you a house. And David said, I want to build you a house. And God said, I'm going to build you a house. David reaped what he sowed just because it was in his heart to do it. When your days are fulfilled to walk with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. And I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. I will not take my steadfast love from him as I took it from him who was before you, but I will confirm him in my house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words, and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. Then David went in and sat before the Lord. Wow. He went in before the Ark of the Covenant, and he sat in the presence of God. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house, that you have brought me thus far? And this was a small thing in your eyes, O God. You have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come and have shown me future generations. O Lord God, and what more can David say to you for honoring your servant? You know your servant. For your servant's sake, O Lord, and according to your own heart, you have done all this greatness in making known all these great things. There is none like you, O Lord, and there is no God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people of Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem to be his people, making for yourself a name for great and awesome things, and driving out nations before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt? And you made your people Israel to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord, let the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house be established forever. And do as you have spoken. And your name will be established and magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, is Israel's God. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray before you. And now, O Lord, you are God. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now you have been pleased to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever before you. For it is you, O Lord, who have blessed, and it is blessed forever. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to see here. God calls David my servant, 
And what does David call himself? Your servant. David never forgot his place. Brothers and sisters, when people tell us, remember your place, it's insulting. But with God, it is not insulting. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the creator and sustainer of all things. It is an honor for him to call you his servant. And it is an honor for you to identify yourself as his servant. All right, we'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock. And again, sorry for the interruption, somebody ringing the doorbell.